Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is me, Matt Wright. It is me, Matt Wright. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of The Writer's Block. First and foremost, before anything else, allow me to thank the wonderful people at siestacava.com for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. If you are a kava lover like myself, if you are a member of the group that drinks the libertarian Kool-Aid, go to siestacava.com to grab your kava today. Uh, to all of you for showing up, as well as to Siesta Cava, I say, Bula Vinaka. 
other people who deserve the biggest of Bula Vinacas are our wonderful list of sponsors, which includes, of course, always Mr. Mr. Forgot that one. Mr. Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney. Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. And even though we do not have the anchor call-in moment today, we do have it every single Tuesday. So be sure to tune in on Tuesday. You can also go to anchor.com slash muddiedwaters and you can leave us messages that we will play during that segment every Tuesday. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. If you want to become a member of the fastest growing waffle-related caucus in any party anywhere in the multiverse, all you have to do is go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and pick yourself up a Waffle House button that I will mail out to you personally eventually. Um, If you want to become a voting member, all you have to do is pick up a shirt. we also have to thank Black Organic Coffee. That's spelled B-L-V-C-K, Organic Coffee. Uh, it is the finest cold-brewed coffee on the planet. Uh, use checkout code MW for free shipping. This episode is brought to you by quite possibly the most aptly named product for us ever. Mudwater coffee alternative for all of you who don't want to buy the black coffee because you're trying to get off the caffeine. Mudwater is a coffee alternative that has masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. If you are looking to make the switch, go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud today. This episode is brought to you by The Gravy King. This episode is also brought to you by Nug of Knowledge. Some of the finest CBD product... Some of the finest CBD product and uh, on, on the market anywhere, ever, because it's basically not CBD and it's basically, uh, well, you know, the other thing, weed. Uh, <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by The Royal Green. What is it? Is it weed? No, it's a book. Is it any good? I have no clue. I have not read it. So you should go out and buy it and tell us. From self-acclaimed author Jack Casey, who, and this is not a lie, he says his hair flows libertarian golden. He has quite the mane. He has quite the frock upon his dome. Um, This is the story of a young man and woman questioning their world and trying to find their own independence in a kingdom that is extremely divided and on the brink of civil war. Sound weirdly familiar? We definitely think so. The story is rich with themes of liberty, rebellion, and dark, deep soul quests for meaning and purpose in the face of abuse of authority by those in power. Plus, on the bright side, there's swords and magic. Uh, The Royal Green and its sequel in Silver Throned are both available at theroyalgreen.com or else you can order them directly from Amazon in ebook or paperback. Uh, The third book, Crowned by Gold, comes out this summer. So if you like supporting fellow libertarian authors who aren't named Matt Wright and want to read libertarian-themed dark sci-fi fantasy novels with some romance, you know what to do. And, of course, this episode is brought to you by the fantastic, the wonderful, the key to Pennsylvania's success, Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania governor. Everybody should go out and vote for Joe if you live in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm actually wearing Nicole Schultz today, though, for lieutenant governor, um, because I just got this shirt in the mail. So, everybody, thank you all for tuning in. I'm very excited about 
I'm very excited about my guest today. Uh, my guest comes here all the way from Orono, Orono, uh, the, the Minnesota. Please welcome with me, everybody, Mr. Jay Nygaard. Hey, folks, the turbine guy, a.k.a. the turbine guy. A.k.a. the turbine guy. Now, before we get into the, uh, before we get into the turbine, before we get into the turbine uh, talk, I like to like warm up a little bit by asking all of our guests that come on the writer's block, um, how is it that you became, how is it that you became uh, a libertarian? Was it sort of an aha moment, or was it something that kind of grew over time, or were you just always one? I voted for Ross Perot twice and Jesse the Body Ventura. Okay, so it's been a while. it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always been a bit out of the mainstream and somewhat dissatisfied with both parties and and how they run business. Okay, all right. So you voted Ross Perot was uh, ninety two and ninety six against uh, Bush and Clinton in ninety two and Clinton and uh, Bob Dole. Bob Dole. In '96, yeah, yeah, um, I I vaguely remember those elections, um, but I remember in 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 school they had us pick who we wanted to win in '92, and everybody was picking Bush or Clinton, so I picked Ross Perot to be different from every single person in my class, and um, they made fun of me just as they make fun of me now for saying I'm going to vote for Jorgensen Cohen. <laughs> Literally nothing has changed. Yeah. No, no, it's a hard road to hold being different, isn't it? It is, you know. <laughs> it, eventually you just have to embrace it and accept it, and people are either going to uh, love you for it or they're going to hate you for it. Yep, and, and, and that's absolutely what I've had to do too because, you know, people do love me and people do hate me for a lot of this stuff going on. But the interesting thing was getting back to the libertarians – what you you asked me uh, um, about being involved, I did run for Senate in 2016, and I had to go out and get 500 signatures just to get on the ballot. And, you know, that, that, that was quite an adventure going through that. And it, just interesting point, I had a Sunday left right before I had to turn the signatures in. I'm like, well, you know what, I'll just go out to my buddy's liquor store out and stand in front again and see if I can't get a few more. And I got another 50, 60 signatures. Well, when I went up to pick up my certification, I mentioned that to the lady, and she looked at me and said, it was a good thing you did. <laughs> so if I hadn't have spent that last day, I never would have made the ballot. Right. Now, what what I find absolutely amazing about that story was in 2016, you ran for Senate, and you only needed 500 signatures to get on the ballot? In Minnesota. In Min- you're right, in Minnesota. Yeah. For- yeah, for, for, for Minnesota Senate. Oh, for Minnesota. Okay. I don't, so I know that to run for the House of Representatives here in Florida, you need 10,000 signatures. And I don't, sure. I don't know if that's for any position or if that's just, I just remember doing it for somebody for the House. Um, well, don't forget, don't forget you got like three times as many people down there. True. Very, yeah, valid. <laughs> valid. Um, I just know that they have a lot of uh, ballot access problem, like a lot of ballot access laws that are really unfair in other parts of the country, uh, making it difficult for libertarians to get on. So I wasn't sure if Minnesota was one that like they increased the number of signatures that were necessary. 
No, no, they, not that I know of. They, they might have just recently, but uh, the Libertarians actually just fought the election commission up here, even having to get signatures and go through this, is because there's some language on the bottom that you're supposed to disclose that if you sign off on this and you can't participate in Democrat or Republican primaries. And, you know, it's just another, like you said, unfair roadblock that as Libertarian, you have to hurdle j- j- just to be, you know, able to raise your hand and go, here I am. Right. Right. So, yeah, there, that's been a massive issue across the country. Um, we've got a bunch of people, great activists across the country who work on it and uh, are able to get us on the ballots in all the different states. But you, you see it. There was that, um, I believe it was in Tennessee a couple of months ago or a month ago. Uh, they were trying to make it where third party candidates didn't need two and a half percent of whatever the governor got in order to get on the ballot. Instead, they wanted to knock it down to like 1% of what the governor got and they voted it down because they said, no, that's, we don't want to confuse the voters by adding extra people on the ballot. (laughs) Of course they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's how the game works. Right. We can't confuse them by adding another person. They Barely understand who they're voting for now. They can't take three people on this ballot. So Right, right. And there's so many small <laughs> parties, you know, like the Veterans Party, the Green Party, all these small parties that I, I kind of call them straggler parties because that, that, that's what we all are. And I think we got to find a way to come together. You know, like, for instance, where I was running, it was me, a Democrat and a Republican. There's no Green Party or other candidate. So we should have some way that all these small parties can get together. And if no one else is running, you can support a third party, you know, and go out. And that way you can build a little bit of a coalition. Right. And you can have 10 or 15 percent of the vote behind you right when you get started instead of 3 percent. Exactly. Because I, I um, during this last election, during the presidential election, uh, I knew some people that were working on uh, the Green Party Howie for Howie Hawkins. And I I was talking with them and I was like, hey, you know what? They thought that I was going to like try to debate them and convince them to vote libertarian. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do that because good on you. You are putting everything you have into this third party candidate who, let's be honest, you and I both know not going to win the presidential election. You're doing it to get a voice out, to get a message out in order to help grow the party. I respect that so much more than anybody out there that's schlepping for votes for Trump or Biden, because you actually believe this. You aren't just attached to a party. You are doing this because you have some sort of faith in this and in this ideal. So I'm never going to hit somebody for that. I may disagree with you vehemently, but good on you for believing it the way that you do. Well, and the more you talk to them, the more you find out you agree on the majority of things anyways. Right, exactly. And the few things that we don't agree on, you know. You can live with that. Right. I can, I can live with it, and I will, still help, I will still help you out any way that I can. As long as you aren't a member of the Republicrats, I am okay with you. I am actually okay with you. Even, like, even if you're a member of the Socialist Party of America, which not a socialist disagree with you on almost everything that you, that you stand for. (laughs) However, I will, I will support you in your endeavors because you believe it so strongly and you're not voting for just one of the master puppets in the other two parties. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it doesn't take a lot of courage to do that because everyone just tells you, quit wasting your vote. Take the lesser of two evils. Exactly. Lesser of two evils. Exactly. I remember uh, back in uh, 16, uh, we were talking, the lesser of two evils came up a bunch, and uh, somebody on my Facebook uh, who I disagree with this guy on probably 90% of everything, and he said, uh, if you're voting for a third candidate who's just as bad, aren't you just voting for the for the lesser of three evils? And I know who he was talking about, Gary Johnson. And I was like, but don't you still want to vote for the lesser evil in this case? Like, that's what you keep arguing. You want me yeah. you want me to vote for somebody more evil? No matter what, you're voting for the lesser of the evil. It's just how much evil does that one person have compared to the other two? Well, and who's ever going to completely agree with everybody? It's just not going to work. Not, you end up picking the candidate that best represents your views. Exactly. And there isn't a single person who has run for any office that I agree with 100%. And if uh, I say that there is, I'm lying. Um, there was one. I agreed with me 100%. Well, fair, fair. Yes. <laughs> I if I ever ran and voted for myself, I could say one time I voted for somebody I agreed with a hundred percent. Um, even like Spike Cohn, you know, my, 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 he's my brother. He's my, uh, business partner. He's a you know, best friend. I don't agree with him a hundred percent on anything, but I was happy to vote for him. Like, because I knew that vote represented the closest to what I believed. Yep. Yep. Yep, that's a path you got to go down. Absolutely, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I think if the Libertarian Party can kind of get out and start standing on its own and making some statements, I think they uh, passed up a great opportunity during this past pandemic with what's been going, and and that they could have uh, taken a stand for liberty the whole time. And, and I, I didn't hear a lot of that coming out. That to me, that's what I think the Libertarians have to do is really start making our own mark. And letting people know what we believe in. Right. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah, we, um, the Libertarian, many people in the Libertarian, many people in the Libertarian Party, and maybe not so much in leadership in the Libertarian Party, but many people in, within the party itself, um, seem to bow to the, to the, to the powers that be when it came to the lockdowns, when it comes to masks, when it comes to you need to get vaccines or else you're not going to be able to participate in society. And that's not what individual and personal liberty is all about. Instead, it's about you making your own decisions for yourself. Well, yourself and your family. Right, exactly. And one of this will work for a good segue. One of the reasons that we brought you on is because you were arrested for trying to do something that was good for yourself and your family. Yeah, well, I was more arrested to be punished for trying to do it. Well, it would be the way I'd put it. Okay. Uh, because I, I kept standing up to the uh, city and going, trying to use trying to use the court systems is what they're designed to do is get justice through the law. Fortunately, I found out that judges, especially in Hennepin County and the Minnesota Appeals Court, aren't necessarily so interested in that. They were when it started. We ended up losing to a judge 
Because what I did was I put up a wind turbine in the corner of my house. It didn't go any higher than the gutter on my house. Okay, so it wasn't that obtrusive. And it, it was in the most quiet spot I could put it. It wasn't ever going to really succeed and make me money. But when the wind was right, I could show people it worked. Right. That's the whole reason I wanted to put it in. I'd been, I'd been on the Planning Commission City Council. I know the code. Okay, I problem is I think I know it better than they do up at City Hall. Actually, I proved that during our last prosecution. You haven't even heard about this. My wife and I got criminally prosecuted for, forget this, failure to obtain a permit to replace a driveway. Even even though I applied for the permit. So so it wasn't so much that <laughs> it wasn't so much that you got arrested for putting the turbine up, but they said that you didn't get the permit to replace the driveway? No, that no, this is a different prosecution. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> I've been criminally prosecuted four times without a conviction in my city. Okay, so let's let's go let's go through. What, what was the first so, one? So, so, well, okay, uh, the first one was for trespassing. That was it, it was a property line dispute with my neighbor, and the city kept charging me and not him. Okay. And so I, lack of prop, I got that first one dismissed for lack of probable cause. Okay. The second was a trespassing that they charged me with but dropped. The third was a disorderly conduct where the guy who's currently mayor claimed I spit in his face. I was found not guilty in 15 minutes by the jury because the guy who's mayor isn't a truth teller at all. And they, they could see that. Well, and and then the last one was this uh, uh, putting the driveway in without a replacement permit. OK, so so you 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 can see Orno police are very busy protecting the city <laughs> against the dangerous people. Yeah, it sounds like the Ordo police are really out there to serve and protect, to make sure everybody goes home safely at night. With Well, you know, you never know. If someone was walking along a property line or something did go over it, you might have to fix that. So, 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 so anyways, this first one with the wind turbine wasn't even criminal. That, that was civil court. Okay. See, they shifted to doing criminal as much as they could because it doesn't cost them as much. They can just run me through the criminal system. Right. So, yeah. So, so anyways, I had put the turbine up. Uh, city sued me. They won at, at district court. We won at the appeals court. We had a lawyer who was definitely over his head, but wrote the best brief he was ever going to write. And, and he won at the appeals court. And the judge, judge, three judge panel said, we don't see how it's different. The basketball hoop flag clotheslines that populate the city without controls. And that's what I knew it was because they didn't write any controls for it yet. So uh, that's why we wanted the appeals court. Well, the city reconsidered it. And what that meant was that I uh, had to resubmit the building permit. And I sent them a letter that said, hey, screw off. I don't need to for a basketball hoop, flagpole, or clothesline, which the appeals court ruled this is like. I don't need to. They took that as noncompliance, and they went back to the same judge and had her reopen the same case. And we ended up losing in court for the exact same reasons the second time around. Now, I thought that there, there was like double jeopardy in this country. Right. I was going to say, but, isn't this a violation of double jeopardy? But maybe not in civil court. I don't. It's called race judicata in civil court. Okay. And uh, and you went up to the judge, and she's just like, nah, that don't apply. <laughs> just like that. No no talk about it, no, nothing, just that don't apply. You know, and, and that's what I found out is judges tend to do that too much without uh, 
reading what the rules are. Right. Which is so, so I knew so anyways, we left the turbine up. And after we lost the second time and the city started going after us, putting us in contempt of court because we had a turbine in our yard. You can't have that. And and so uh, eventually I took the turbine and pulled down. But we fought it in the meantime because we found a, another lawyer who isn't over his head with this stuff. And he found Minnesota Statute 216F.02, which gives everybody in Minnesota the right to harvest the wind. So this whole time, there's a 1995 statute supporting our cause. And do you think the city attorney who's prosecuting us could do his research and bring that up to the city council? So to me, that's fraud. Yeah, if nothing, you know? if nothing how, else. Yeah, how can the council make a decision when you don't tell them what all the laws are? And by the time they start making decisions, they never back down. They always double down. Oh, yeah. So, so you've got to deal. You, you got to deal with that. So, anyways, eventually we we kept going back to court, and we had judges say, we actually had judges say that ah, it's not a sea change in the law. We're going, yeah, but it was the law. And one judge actually looked at me and said, you know what, Mister Nygaard, you should have told me the law sooner. Because <laughs> that's your because that's your responsibility. You are there to inform the judge of the laws on the books in the state of which he is a judge. How? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just thought that was common knowledge. Like I'm supposed to tell the judge what the law is because he's not going to take that. Silly me. <laughs> Yet we Silly are. me. So, so, so anyways, we took the turbine and pulled down and got them off the property because we were ordered to do that. And then there was a four by four by four footing. And they were harassing me so much, I eventually chopped the top half of the footing off with the jackhammer and sliced the anchor bolts, and I buried it. That wasn't good enough. No, we were still in contempt, and we went in front of a judge. And I had signed stamped engineering documents from Minnesota engineers that say, leave that thing there, you're going to erect the 1920 foundation of his house. And I got a judge. I... I knew what was going to happen. Halfway through the trial, I turned around to my kid. I gave him my truck keys, my cell phone, and everything. He's like, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm not going to need this stuff where I'm going. I mean, this is just so obvious how this is going. So uh, so uh, she holds up these engineering documents and goes, you know what, Mr. Nygaard? I call these excuses. I'm looking at her going, what are you, nuts? You couldn't be putting me in jail on the 13th floor of this building without a pile of excuses three feet tall. <laughs> they called engineering documents that are just as valid as any of your orders. <laughs> so I went to jail. That was a Friday night. I got there. I got to watch Two and a Half Men for about 20 minutes. But I, I left the uh, courtroom at 5.30, and I got up to my cell at about 9.40. Big waste of time. I, so, I, I had to go through being treated like a criminal and all this right. stuff. And then I got... Plus, I got they made you watch Two and a Half Men. Oh, it's, <laughs> well, that's just what happened to be on the TV that they left on that was in the box where that Flexi was all scratched up with gang signals and stuff <laughs> or signs so that you can't see through it, which doesn't make no sense to me. So, so anyways, I got up there and there were 16 other guys and they were pretty much all crashed out. And since it was a Friday, I got to hang out with everybody all weekend. So I just decided, hey, I was in the Navy. I can sit around and play spades with the homeboys all day long. So I just hung out and became friends with everybody. Yet when um, I was actually talking to somebody earlier today, and um, we were talking, I was 
they were like, who's on your show tonight? I was like, oh, this uh, guy, Jay Nygaard, and I was kind of telling them your story about how you were put in jail for uh, a wind turbine, and they were like, wait, what? And I was like, right, I know, it's insane. And um, I was like, yeah, he actually got, you, you got sentenced to six months, but you only served five days, right? Not just me. My wife got sentenced too. Both of us, six months, and she had nothing to do with it. She just happened to be my wife, so she got to go through all of this stuff, too. Hey, hold on a minute. Okay. You got to lay down, buddy. I think he's got to go out. He's bugging me, but he can relax. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it, anyways, uh, we were both in court together through all of this, and she got a month stage so that she could get a contractor and, and get it all dealt with and present to the court that a contractor is going to come. And I, I don't think the courts understand how I work or my family works because that, that was Friday night. We, we had a solar tour at our house on Saturday, which is I'm positive why they had the hearing the Friday night before. So I couldn't be there to escort people around and show them our solar and our wind and our batteries. And then anyway, Sunday, we had a uh, gathering about 15 people that all got together with the Bobcat and pounded the rest of it out of there. And it was really pretty funny because I'm in jail and I'm keeping everybody up to date what's happening. And about 5.30, I turn around and look and go, hey, everybody, the footing's out. And everybody cheered. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, so I like the last time that I went to jail, which is, fingers crossed, the last time I ever, um, I, I was only supposed to do about eight days and I ended up doing five. Um, and I was real bored. I was real bored for the for those five days, um, and that oh, was yeah. my mine was for a DUI. Yeah, well, so, I, yeah, I, well, th th there was DUIs, and there, you know, the cell I was in, it was mostly piddly little stuff like people caught with meth. Oh, that I'm sorry, I got to tell one story. So I've been in, and Monday morning people were switching out, and uh, some white guy comes in and looks over, there's another white guy sleeping, and stops and goes, "Hey, Mike, Mike." Huh? What are you doing here? Jim, what are you doing? Well, I'm in here for math. How about you? Math? <laughs> I've been looking for you, he said. It was I mean some of the stuff was just hilarious in there. Yeah, when I went I would I was in uh Nashville, Tennessee, and I got uh you know, I got eight days, um only served five or whatever. And I remember my first night in there. I had to I had to be there at noon, so I showed up and I'm barely awake because I was not a day person at the time. And I go in and I'm, they they change me into my orange jumpsuit, you know, because yeah. alcohol means that you're a criminal now. And uh, I didn't get into an accident. I was speeding. Um, and I go in and I'm like hanging out all day long. And at night I was kind of iffy. I was like, man, I don't know what this is going to be like at night. You know, my first real experience in a general pop situation. There was like 80 of us in this in this general pop area. And we're sitting there and I'm like just staring at the ceiling. And this dude stands up and he just yells at the entire at the entire the entire bay. We were in a D block and he was like, D block, listen up. And I was like, uh oh, like what's happening? And he goes, <laughs> everybody pull out your Bibles and like everybody in D block, except for me. Cause I didn't have one pulled out a Bible and they did a Bible study and I went, Oh, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I sat yeah, back. I, it, it, 
It, it all depends on where you are. But anyway, so so they got it out Sunday night. I should have been out Monday, but the uh, by noon, my lawyer got out of their lawyer's office, and they said that they weren't going to deal, deal with any of their Orono lawyer's business because he's out of town, and they're going to wait for him to come back. So I was just supposed to sit in jail till he got back from vacation. Okay. Hang on. But I ended up spending one more day because my my wife and my uh, my my wife and my lawyer kept on the job to get re- to release me and get this. She wrote in the thing, "I have no other choice." The city order never got back to me, but I still I have no choice but to release Mr. Nygaard. Like keeping me, letting me go into society is, is dangerous to society. Right, because because you had a wind turbine that you didn't want to take out of your yard because you were afraid that. It- because you were told it would ruin the foundation of your home. <laughs> it, no, that buried chunk of concrete. The turbine was gone. The top half the footing was gone. It was a buried chunk, a buried of, chunk concrete of concrete that, that was useless. And in Minnesota, concrete is considered clean fill. <laughs> so I went to jail for what I can have there. Right. That is, absol- that is absolutely insane and makes the perfect yeah. amount of sense. It, 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 in a subsequent lawsuit, a judge ruled against us that we can't violate so many city codes, and which means that we've got like double penalties if the city wants to go after us for something because they've already got the law they can use against us. Now they've got the judge's order so they can double stack it. But the worst part of this is we were convicted of half of the things that we were convicted of, we were never even accused of violating, like the height ordinance. I was never, ever accused of violating a height ordinance, but we're restricted from violating the height ordinance. How does that come to be, Judge? Um, I don't know. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, and it's culminated in this latest driveway prosecution and we just filed a federal lawsuit against the city in regards to this driveway prosecution right it's first amendment retaliation 100 percent malicious prosecution abuse of process abuse of power uh we've got them nailed my wife we ended up going to trial on this driveway prosecution it's hilarious we get in to see the prosecutor in, in the back room at the arraignment and he goes well we've got you for doing this and this and you put the driveway in and you didn't get a permit blah 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 and when he was all done being smarmy, I looked at him and I said, well, unfortunately, the people up in the city just don't always tell the truth. And he said, oh, yeah, well, what is your side? And my wife looked at him and said, well, we don't have to tell you, do we? And he said, no. So she, we're not telling you nothing. So we ended up leaving there with a the court date and we get this piece of paper that says in the second paragraph there's a sentence that says if you want to make all this go away you can just plead guilty pay this much and send this in and you're done right how much do you think they wanted us to pay to make it all go away i'm gonna i'm gonna go high like i'm gonna go what i think is high and go 10 grand see that's what everybody says (laughs) zero dollars okay so i was so i was over i was over but but yeah, yes, yes, you were over. But but the question is, if you don't want any money, you don't want a, any uh, a community service, you don't want any probation, you don't want any jail, you don't want anything, what are you doing prosecuting them for? Right. That, and that is the... 
That is actually not that surprising for government, honestly. Like it's that's no. <laughs> it makes no sense. No. A lot of the decisions that governments make in these situations are like we have to say that we're right, but we also we know we're wrong. So what do we do? Okay, well we're gonna force him to pay well, nothing to make it right. go. Just 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 say just say it's your fault and, and we can all go away. Right. Just, just that, 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 that's all they wanted. Just admit so, so your we problem. Ended up, we ended up going to trial. We were a pro se most of the way. So the very end, we brought one of our lawyers in to represent my wife, which completely discombobulated the prosecutor. He, he showed up right at the day of trial, right before him. They had no idea he's going to be a lawyer. I, I, I'm like, you know what, Greg? I set you up on the best case in the whole world. And sure enough, halfway through the case, he got her off for lack of probable cause. And the judge read through the ordinance they were using, and he said, I don't see anywhere on here where it says if you're an owner of the property, you get to be criminally charged. Right. And that's what it boils down to. Exactly. And that's what it is. It's like, this is your property. This is your property. You, you have, um, I don't remember the phrase you used, but you're using concrete as a fill, like a clean fill, I think is what you called it. Well, the, the, that was for the footing. I'm talking about the driveway now. Right. I replaced the driveway. And remember, I didn't get a permit for the driveway. So you see, the, the, you, you're just mixing up lawsuits, which is right. easy to do. <laughs> I was going to say there's been so many. I'm the only one who has it straight. My, my wife does, but she's trying to forget as much as she can. <laughs> I understand. So I, I, I don't blame her for that. No, not even a little bit. So, no, no. So, so yeah, anyways, on this driveway prosecution, I mean, I applied for the permit. They refused to give it to me. And the big issue was they wanted me to put a one and five eighths inch lip on the driveway because they had city water coming into the property. Okay. And I'm like, you fix your own water. I'm not interested. So they're trying to use an ordinance for curb and gutter streets that doesn't apply. I even had a document where, where the guy's dealing with it's a city stated it's just a suggestion. The lip on your driveway is a suggestion. And, and then he gave me a deadline, sign off on it or else. And I didn't sign off on it. And the next day he sent a letter to the prosecutor saying that I was my guards are being argumentative, which I don't know how because my wife's name has never been on any. But because I was being argumentative, we both got criminally charged. I, you know what? In the woke culture, I guess, you know, <laughs> words are dangerous. Words, yeah, and apparently not just deciding to just go along with whatever the government says you need to go along with is now worth criminal prosecution. So, yeah. So well, I, I was found not guilty at the end by the judge. Right. So she was no probable cause for her and I was not guilty. And these were both two very key elements in our federal lawsuit because we had to prevail in court in order to move on and hold them accountable. Right. So switching gears just a little bit, um, kind of was, were you already, were you already, uh, working toward, uh, go green energy at this point, or was this something that came afterwards? No, I started Go Green Energy in January 2008. Okay. And uh, I figured I'd I figured I'd bring solar power to Florida. You know, I, I'd been a stay-at-home dad for 10, 12 years or so. I'd done other things on the side, built a house for us down there and other stuff. It was time to start doing something. So I thought renewable energy would be super cool. And I figured I'd put solar everywhere in Florida. But then I found out that the only people in Florida with money are the ones that are there on vacation. <laughs> So it didn't work out very well down there. Well, yeah, that's, so, where, that's so where I, I am. I understand that. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I completely understand so, so that. I, I've got here. 
I, I got a great joke because my wife wants to travel and I tell her, you know, I was in the Navy. I've traveled enough. So whenever she says I want to go on a cruise, I'd like I've been on a cruise. But uh, it, it, anyways, she, she wants to travel the world. And I told her I got two conditions now. I won't go to any foreign country where I can be killed for being an American or I can't drink the water. It's the only foreign country like that I'll go to is Florida. <laughs> Yeah, um, Florida is its own special little place. Now, I, I say that with affection. Right, understandably. Me too. Um, <laughs> I live here. I live here and I understand it's a crazy <laughs> place. So there was actually a case here in Florida not long ago where somebody was trying to go completely off the grid and the judge ruled he couldn't, like he was going to go solar and he, he had a, he had well and he was collecting rainwater and they said, no, you have to be on the grid some way, some shape, some form, uh, whether that's through the electric or through water, you cannot be off the grid. And that yeah. was absolutely terrifying for me, for somebody who at some point would like to live completely away from that system. It's no different than saying you have to buy healthcare. Right. Exactly. It's saying, yes, you can get this service on your own for cheaper or free, but you are not allowed to because we need you on this grid. Yeah, well, the only way I think you'd get away with it is if you did it in a religious fashion. So you had a, formed a religion and had a part of your religion to live off the grid. That's fair. Yeah, you could do the um, uh, no electricity like uh, the, the, the people in Pennsylvania. You know. Yep. The, yep. Yep. The Amish. The Amish. Yeah. The Amish. Yeah. Um, there you go. I was like, yeah, the, the, the people. Yep. So, the, so, the, so, the horse and buggy people. Yep. So, so, so anyways, get, 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 getting back to my uh, business. Right. Uh, speaking of windmills and the Amish, um, <laughs> I, I was looking for a wind turbine that could withstand the destructive wind speed of Florida. And there was one wind turbine I ran into in Taiwan. 2009, I think I found it. And for $5,000, I was able to send away for a dealer kit. And they were supposed to send me two small turbines and start working from then. So I've been working with Hivot since then. But the interesting thing was for two months, I'm sitting there wondering if the Taiwanese are up at the opium den laughing at the silly American spending all his money. You know, but no, my, my, my turbine showed up. And since then I hosted them in Atlanta in 2012. And I met the general manager and the regional sales guy and became good friends with them. And it's come to the point where I'm the U S technical representative for high technology corporation out of Taiwan. And I've got a business partner in South Carolina, but he's still, he's got his own engineering department, but they still call me all the time for advice and for help on things. So, as somebody who lives here in Florida, and I live uh, in a coastal area of Florida, um, how one of the things that you are actually pushing for is uh, for micro wind turbines to become the accepted technology across the country, or maybe globe. I don't know. Um, would these hold up in like hurricane strength weather? That's always a question, and my answer is yes. They're built in Taiwan, which is the typhoon capital of the world. That's fair. And they have their own; they've got their own regulated wind turbine testing site that the com that the government built for this company to use. And these turbines, uh, uh, I've seen the calculations; they're they're good to 160 miles an hour with the safety factor of 1.53. So, yes, they, they can withstand what you're going to have to worry about is the branch or the tree or the cow coming through that hits the turbine. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's. I actually I got really lucky one year. Uh, a a tree in my front yard fell and it missed my car by like this much, and I was stuck Fair. in my driveway for uh, like two days, and I was like, I can't go to work because mm-hmm. I I'm blocked until they can come out and get this tree out of here. Um, well, when Hurricane when Hurricane Charlie came through down on Pine Island right after we bought our home down there, I mean, it was like winter. It was so devastated. By the time I got down there, like a little more than a week later, it was like in Minnesota in the winter, devastated with all these trees piled up into uh, big humps on the side of the road. Right. Yeah. And yeah, th- there was no power there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. After the uh, last one, I don't remember the name of it, uh, the place that I was living, we uh, we didn't have power for... I didn't have power at my house for like a week and a half. My parents have a house that's like three blocks away. Never lost it. It it was just tension cord. <laughs> I just went and stayed at their house. They were gone. <laughs> they left. Oh, I was like, well, go. I'm gonna go yeah, stay well, at your house. <laughs> yeah, the last hurricane down in Florida, same thing. Where we were no power for a week, but we had power because I got solar and batteries down there and solar hot water. So. If somebody wanted to make the switch from uh, living on the grid to going, you know, solar, turbine, uh, battery power, and, you know, getting, like, a well system, like, what kind of financial uh, cost is this going to be? What Typical cost for a solar system installed in a house these days is somewhere around twenty six dollars to $35,000. Okay. And that's a grid-tied solar system. Uh, unfortunately, the wind turbines cost the same as when I got in the business, believe it or not. Price of solar has dropped. Three kilowatts of solar used to be the same as a three kilowatt wind turbine, but not anymore. But you use wind turbines where it makes sense. Uh, For instance, the top of uh, Arapahoe Basin in Colorado, done the calculation and three kilowatts of wind turbine will produce two and a half times the electricity is three kilowatts of solar there. So that's why I don't know if you saw the article I sent you. I want to put these wind turbines on top of ski lift poles. Right. How many ski yeah, how many ski lift poles do we have in the country? They any of them that have good wind should have these on top of them. No, absolutely. You know, like I have not been completely sold on solar or wind energy um yet because I don't know how reliant reliable they are in differing areas. And I I'm looking I would like to go in that kind of a route to make sure that, you know, we get cheap renewable energy that's e- that's easy to come by, but I also want to make sure that it works. Um, so looking, well, and, 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 and that's something I do. I supply do-it-yourself systems for solar, wind, or batteries, whatever you want. And we'll custom design it for if you want a ground mount, if you want a roof mount, whatever you want. If you're going to grid tight, you're going to have the batteries. We'll figure all that out ahead of time. And I've actually got an instructional series on my YouTube channel, The Turbine Guy, that shows how to install solar power. So you can at least watch my videos and how. But you've got my phone number. If someone wants to give me a call and they need advice, I, I answer it almost always. Yeah, I'm actually like so in in the comments I've got people I you know I want I want solar like I you know my my girlfriend um she said I want a wind tur- I want a uh, wind turbine for our next anniversary. I was like no cuz I have no idea what that costs. <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't matter. It, it costs you more not to get. <laughs> so if if I were to get her a wind turbine for our next anniversary just just one wind turbine for our backyard. What what what's that going to run me? 
Uh, you've got two different choices if you want a grid tie, really. You've got the 700 watt, which is more of a smaller residential, maybe four feet tall. Uh, they've got a 300 watt, but that's only to charge battery banks. Okay. So you, you need the 700 watt, or you've got the 3000 watt. The 700 watt retails for 5300 plus shipping, and then you got to pay installation fees get a pole and footing an electrician, or you can do that stuff yourself, but there's a 26% federal tax credit that goes along with it for the next couple of years. So, you know, instead of 50, well, let's say 6,000 delivered, you're going to get a quarter of that back. Okay. Well, that's not, that's not, I mean, I, I, same with solar. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you want to install solar on your house, you can do it probably 30% cheaper if you do it yourself. And then you get the 26% federal tax credit too. Right. So all of a sudden, you know, it costs you half of what it should cost and, and it's really worth it. And what I like to do and people don't understand is the price of electricity in Florida, it's really not bad. In Minnesota here, it's not bad. The East and West Coast, it's really bad where it makes it more affordable, but it costs more. But the price of electricity never goes down. It's not gasoline. It doesn't go up and down depending on who's elected president. Nope. What happens with it is it goes up and three to four percent in a year. So I like to give people uh, two calculations, payback time at today's rates, but the actual payback time at an average rate over 25 years. And then you see that, you know, if you're installing one of these yourself, you're looking at a two to three year payback time for that solar. Why the heck wouldn't you do it? No, I, and it makes sense. Plus, it's uh, a less expensive than buying her a ring, um, and I get a tax credit. Um, so, yeah. oh, oh, so so yeah. So, how much I told you for the turbine? Six thousand plus a pole plus the install. You, you know, so I don't know. Maybe eight eight thousand, nine thousand dollars. Then twenty six percent of that back. Okay. Yeah, that's. And then a twenty year twenty. 20-year expected life, but in, in all the years I've been doing this, I've never had a mechanical failure. And that and that's one of the things that I've always been concerned about with these is whether or not they're going to work when you need them to, whether or not you're going to just run out one day and it's like it broke. Uh, you know, uh, you hear the stories that like, uh, like Donald Trump will say, like uh, the windmills give you cancer. Different technology. <laughs> the windmills give you cancer. Uh, the wind- yeah, Completely different. Those, those actually, there are a lot of valid arguments against the huge turbines, especially the low frequency vibrations, because that, that is that travels through the earth. But that's nothing that happens with these turbines. These turbines actually have a vibration isolation system on the bottom of it. So typically, when it's running, put your hand on the pole and not really feel much of anything. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because, like, so I, my grandparents uh, lived in Palm Springs and I went out to visit them in California. And when you're driving through there, you see, what looks like a sci-fi movie with all the turbines just going that just spin yeah. them that send electricity to uh, all of Palm Springs. And I always thought that that area was awesome. And I wondered why we didn't do that everywhere. But then I started hearing about the different issues that they also cause and whether or not it would be enough for areas like St. Pete where I live or, you know, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where I lived before that, or D.C., where I lived before that. So there's always been kind of the question on whether or not it was worth it to try to invest in uh, on that kind of scale, and where would you put it? Well, and especially you're talking Florida, you're really iffy 
because the prices are low and it's not a real real high wind area unless you're along the coastline. Right. And the coastline is where they're not going to want them down there. Right. So, like, for instance, uh, where I live in Pinellas County, uh, I believe in this number may be off by a percent or two. Pinellas County is 92% developed. So 8% of this entire county doesn't have anything on it. And most of that is going to be your beach. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't even have an area to put it, but that's where these micro wind turbines would come into play because you could just put them in your backyard. Or, uh, you know, if you've got uh, concrete structures, you can put them on top of those. You know, there are certain buildings you could put them on. There's all kinds of different areas. Or, you know what, if you've got a flagpole out there, why not put one of these out there with a flag under it? You know, there's all kinds of things you can do. Right. So now... Uh, like you said, like you were uh, in the Navy, you were in the Navy and you were a nuclear power machinist. Yep. I call those nuclear plumbers. Okay. Navy nuclear power machinist. Yep. So nuclear power machinist mate. So I've, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for nuclear power. Um, I don't know where you stand on nuclear power. I'm a huge advocate for it. Um, I think that is exceptionally clean. Um, would there do you see a future in which there is a mixture between uh the green energy of wind turbines and solar and nuclear or do you think we'll absolutely absolutely they're absolutely complementary you know who wants to have all these huge nuclear plants everywhere but you're still going to need them at times it's going to be a very hybrid future okay there's going to be all kinds of different things running you're right. Nuclear power plants are a lot more clean than people think they are. Right. And they're a lot safer than people think they are, especially these days. And not only that, they can produce so much power that they're good to have. But you're still going to have pop up natural gas plants. You might need to fire up or, you know, you're going to run your renewables because you, why, why wouldn't you harvest what's out there instead of harvesting something that is radioactive the, the less of something harmful you have to use the better and for instance our wind turbines i know the big ones aren't but our wind turbines are 100 percent recyclable so by the time it's done you can recycle the whole thing and start over again exactly you know so so, so that, that's that's it so i i think these things mix well together and i am a big fan of nuclear and I, I keep saying this. I don't understand why we don't blow the stuff off to the sun. And I don't think we even have to do that. I remember 20 years ago watching some uh, Discovery Channel something, and they showed they were talking about train cars that hauled nuclear power, how safe they are. And they had one of the containment vessels out, and they blew the thing up. They shot it with a cannon. They dropped it from as high as they could, and they couldn't hurt the damn thing. So finally they put it on a train track and hit with the locomotive as hard as they could. And the thing just went flying and went dunk, dunk, dunk. They couldn't hurt it. And this is 20 years ago. And with modern technology, you think we can't build something safe enough? I mean, even remember the Challenger when that blew up? They yeah. say that the people lived until they hit the ocean. Oh, did okay, they so really? They died, but- like Chrissy McCulloch, that was Chrissy McCulloch, right? Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep. They died when they died when they hit the ocean, but that meant that that capsule contained them. Well, imagine with today's technology with magnetic things, you could have a magnetic launcher that gets speed and curves its way up the side of a mountain and just flings these things at the sun. All it has to do is clear orbit. Who cares if it takes an eon to get there? It's the sun. It's space. 
it, it goes out there and it like it bumps into one of Elon Musk's satellites and then like so many people lose internet or cell service. <laughs> like what happened? Yeah, well, oh, some... yeah, it'll, bump, it'll bump into one of his space cars. Right. Yeah. His, yeah. His car that's just drifting in space right now just gets hit and it's like, oh, well, oops, <laughs> just knocks it off yeah. course and ends up landing on Mars, um, burning up on entry. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, it'd be so easy to do do stuff like that. It's not easy, of course, but with today's technology, I tell you what, why not, instead of fighting one more war, why not use that money to figure it out? That Yes, instead of, you know, sending thousands of American young men and women overseas to uh, die for something that most of us don't know what that reason is anyway, uh, you can take that money and use it towards making the world a better place um, as opposed to just helping out your friends in other countries and uh, in businesses. Um, um, yeah. You, you know, you know, I, 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 th- I think we're going to have to call it a war on radiation. <laughs> what do you think? We'll call it a war on radiation because then everybody will get behind it. Right. And in all fairness, like, when you have the war on poverty, poverty is winning now. Um, we had the war on drugs. Drugs definitely, drugs have won that war. Like, they're still fighting. Long time ago. Yeah, they're still fighting the battles, but drugs won that war. Um, if you have a if you have a war on nuclear or a war on radiation, nuclear is going to win. <laughs> Come on. This is a war we could actually win. This is a war we could win. Uh, well... Jay, I, I I appreciate you coming on my show. Like this has been this has been awesome. Yeah, it's been a good time. I, I've had a good chat. Can, can, can I holler out for myself quick? I was I was gonna say uh, if you want to holler out, if you want to you know pitch anything, throw anything at the people watching, the people who are going to be listening later on uh, Anchor.fm or anywhere else. Uh, now is your time to s- sell whatever you need to sell. So, okay, well, I'm the Turbine Guy. I got my YouTube channel, The Turbine Guy, which is almost 3,000 subscribers, so I'm getting somewhere with that. Uh, very happy about that. So please sign on, subscribe. I do renewable power. Sometimes I do government stuff. I'll do stuff around America or like when the Texas frozen turbine thing came on. And get this, I've been mulling it over and collecting some documents. I'm going to do an, uh, a, uh, a video on nuclear waste what we should do with it and where it's currently dumped around the world. And I found a map. And of course, where, where do we dump nuclear waste? Right along the shoreline. Where else would you dump it? Right. Right. So, so, right. So I'm going to come up with ideas. So I'm going to do a video on that. Um, of course, if anyone wants to install any of this stuff themselves, I'm there to help. I'm here, there to help design something. I can supply it, have it shipped to your door, whether it be wind turbines, whether it be solar, both batteries and all that. Go to gogreenenergyonline.com, gogreenenergyonline.com, and then uh, you can find stuff and find my email there. Um, and for anybody out there, I did put gogreenenergyonline.com in today's show notes. So if uh, you need to come back, make sure you find episode 47 of the writers. 47? Sure. 
47 of the writer's block. Find the one with Jay Nygaard's name on it. And you can find gogreenenergyonline.com. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to switch back over to the view with just me. And uh, if you want to hang out for a minute, I'll talk to you as soon as I'm done wrapping everything up. All right. See you guys. Everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we have a huge week of Muddy Waters Media next week. Um, we have... On Tuesday, Spike has Spike has somebody. You know, Spike's got a great guest next week, um, and he has he has uh, Seth. I don't know how to say that name. Seth Stoughton, who was one of the people who testified during the Derek Chauvin trial on Tuesday. My fellow Americans will be Tuesday next week, so we're switching things up a little bit. Then on Wednesday, Spike and I will be hosting a very special episode of The Muddied Waters of Freedom where we will just mystery science theater 3000 the crap out of Joe Biden's address to Congress. It's weird they're not calling it the State of the Union. They're just saying... Joe Biden addresses Congress for the first time. Um, but we are going to be just mystery science theatering the crap out of that one. And then next week, right here on the writer's block, I have, oh, sweet. I have Angela McArdle, who is a member of the Mises Caucus and is running for LP chair. So very excited to have her on. It is going to be a fantastic week of muddied waters. Make sure that you tune in. Uh, I have no idea what Spike is doing over the weekend, but I'm certain he's got things going on that you can tune into all week long. Thank you so much. Make sure that you go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. And there you can leave us messages that we will play on Tuesday and we will answer your questions live on the air. Uh, And if you are so inclined, if you are one of those wonderful, kind people in the world. All you have to do is hit that donate button and we will continue to bring you the fabulous, high quality, wonderful entertainment that you have grown accustomed to over the four, almost five years of us doing this show. You can also find this and every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Thank you again, everybody. For the Writer's Block, for Muddy Waters Media, I am Matt Wright, and you are perfect the way you are. I am. I am. I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's a stunning the legs I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, I am.
Hey. 